Second Samuel 23:24 to 24:25. We thank you, Lord, and I will go ahead and start. Amen. Our members, other members of the 30 included, Ashel, Asahel, Joah's brother, Elihan, Elhanan, son of Dodo from Bethlehem. Shammah from Harod, Elka from Harod, Helez from Pelon, Ira, son of Ikesh from Tikor, Abiezer from Anathoth, Zibakai from <coughs> Hushah, <coughs> Salman from Ahoa, Mahari from Netopa, <coughs> Heled, son of Bana from Netopa, Itai, son of Rebai, from Gilbab in the land of Benjamin. Benaniah from Pirapon. Hurai from Nahalegash. Abi Alban from Arabah. Asmabet from Bahurim. Eliaba from Shabon, the son of Jason. Jason. Jonathan, son of Shagi, from Harar. Ahim, son of Sharar, from Harar. Eliaphelet, son of Ashabai from Makkah. Eliam, son of Ahitophel from Gilead. Hezra from Carmel. Parai from Arba. Igad, son of Nathan from Zobah. Bani from Gad. Zelek from Ammon. Nahari from Bethel. Joab, armor bearer. Ida from Jatir. Gared from Jatir. Uriah the Hittite. There were 37 in all. Once again, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he caused David to harm them by taking a census. Interesting, huh? Go and count the people of Israel and Judah, the Lord told him. So the king said to Joab and the commanders of the army, Take a census of the tribes of Israel, from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, so I may know how many people there are. But Joab replied to the king, May the Lord your God let you live to see a hundred times as many people as there are now. But why, my lord, the king, do you want to do this? But the king insisted that they take the census, so Joab and the commander of the army went out to count the people of Israel. First they crossed the Jordan and camped at Areor, south of the town of the valley in the direction of God. Then they went to Jezer, then to Gilead in the land of Tahtim, Hoshis, and to Danjan and around to Sidon. Then they came to the fortress of Tyre 
and all the towns of the Hivites and the Canaanites. Finally, they went south to Judah as far as Beersheba. Having gone through the entire land for nine months and 20 days, they returned to Jerusalem. Job reported the number of people to the king. There were 800,000 capable warriors in Israel who could handle a sword and 500,000 in Judah. But after he had taken the census, David's conscience began to bother him. And he said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly by taking this census. Please forgive my guilt, Lord, for doing this foolish thing. <clears throat> the next morning, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Gad, who was David's seer. This was the message. Go and say to David, this is what the Lord says. I will give you three choices. Choose one of them. One of these punishments, and I will inflict it on you. So God came to David and asked him, Will you choose three years of famine throughout your land? Three months of fleeing from your enemies? Or three days of severe plague throughout your land? Think this over and decide what answer I would give the Lord who sent me. I should give to the Lord who sent me. I'm, I am in a desperate situation, David replied to Gad. But let us fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is great. Do not let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel that morning, and it lasted for three days. A total of 70,000 people died throughout the nation from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south. But as the angel was <clears throat> preparing to destroy Jerusalem, <clears throat> the Lord relented and said to the death angel, Stop! That is enough! At that moment, the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Arauna, the Jebusite. When David saw the angel, he said to the Lord, I am the one who has sinned and done wrong, but these people are as innocent as sheep. What have they done? Let your anger fall against me and my family. That day Gad came to David and said to him, Go up and build an altar to, to the Lord on the threshing floor of Arauna the Jebusite. <clears throat> so David went up to do what the Lord had commanded him. When Arauna saw the king and his men coming toward him, he came and bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. <clears throat> Why have you come, my lord, the king? Arauna's asked. <clears throat> David replied, I have come to buy your threshing floor and to build an altar to the Lord there so that he will stop the plague. Take it, my lord. Take it, the king. Take it, my lord, the king, and use it as you wish. Arauna said to David, here are oxen for the burnt offering, and you can use the threshing boards and ox yokes for wood to build a fire on the altar. I will give it all to you, your majesty, and may the Lord your God accept your sacrifice. But the king replied to Aruna, No, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have not cost me anything. So David paid him 50 pieces of silver for the treasure floor and the oxen. David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord answered his prayer for the land. And the plague of Israel was stopped. Amen. 
Would you like to read the commentary first? Amen, yes. Um, <clears throat> aware. Okay. okay, today's study for 2 Samuel 24, 1-17. Davidson was pride and ambition in counting the people so that he could glory in the sight of his army, its power and defenses. By doing this, he put his faith in the size of his army rather than in God's power to protect them, regardless of their number. Even Joab knew a census was wrong, but David did not take his advice. We sin in a similar way when we place our security in money, possessions, or the strength of our nation. David believed his sin caused the plague and that removing his sin would make things right. It is clear, however, that Israel, rather than David, was the true object of God's wrath. 24.1 God dealt with the whole nation by giving David three choices. David wisely chose the punishment that came most directly from God. He knew how brutal and harsh man could be, and also he also knew God's great mercy. Even when you sin greatly, your greatest hope is to turn back to God. Isaiah 30:15. To be punished by God is far better than to take your chances without Him. <clears throat> is it interesting how? Uh... David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord answered his prayer from the land. It doesn't say how many times, but remember that that seven times it always seems to get God's attention. Like saying, for instance, if I praise God for Anthony seven times, or praise God for a problem for seven times, I praise Jesus for my problem seven times a day. And in the Bible, in Psalms 119, says seven times a day will I offer offer sacrifices of praise. In the Old Testament, <clears throat> Balaam, he was able to get counsel from God and go to heaven by by offering seven altars of praise, you know, of uh, worship to God. So we, we we you know, so to praise him throughout the day, we would have to praise him every every odd hour, starting at seven. Seven, nine, things like that. Eleven, third, one, uh, three, and five again. Something like that. We'll we'll go seven times a day. Have your Fitbit or your phone ring to remind you to praise the Lord for the stuff that's eating your lunch. You know, and you're you're making peace offerings and you're making uh, merciful that God be merciful to you and you get His attention. You know, uh, sounds good to me. We're always <clears throat> we're always looking for formulas and how to contact God to solve our problems. Amen. You know, He says, "Seek Me first, and My righteousness, which is it is through Jesus, we seek Him first, and all these things shall be added to you." What things? Peace, harmony, joy, laughter, provisions, uh, wisdom. Talent, skills, adventure, you know, resources, come on, development, counsel. You, you'll be in, in the high places of the earth. You will eat the, the fine wheat of Jacob. Your inheritance will take place. Nothing one can touch you. You can make a, a, you can make success with all net, you know, all net. God will, will allow you to do that. 
go ahead and all sit down. Yeah, you know, um, what a hard decision that must have been. Like, three years of famine in your land, three, uh, three days of plague, or three days where you have to escape your enemies. Okay? That must have been a hard decision for him to make. I mean, three years <clears throat> is a long time to have famine in your land. And then, I don't know, it just... Uh, but, I, you know, it, God is a merciful God. It says here, God relented after the 70,000 people died. He relented. That's enough. You know, he's not a God to, you know, there are always uh, consequences when we sin in one way or another. And David realized, hey, I caught this. But God is a merciful God. And he said, you know, stop. Um, and I, I also like the part where they wanted to give him the, the, the altar and the threshing floor so he could build the altar. The guy wanted to hear, hear my king, hear it is for free. He wanted to give it to him. And he, and he says, no, I insist on buying it for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have not, that have cost me nothing. Okay. There's a, there's, you know, We drove yesterday. The, today's the fifth, and we're here with visiting Donnie and and Ruben is going to Cancun, and we're going to watch the house for him. We're going to stay there tonight. Um, and in, yesterday we enjoyed the kids, all the, the worship, and seeing the family being blessed. Donnie and her brood being completely blessed. Scriptures all over the wall, up and down the house, all over the place. Beautiful pool. Plenty of help, plenty of ministry, and the children grow, growing up like trees planted in the Lord's. Very beautiful to see. And they say that we started them on that. About <clears throat> worshiping and praising God and memorizing. I think they memorized the Our Father or Psalm 23. Huh? Even Mimi knows the Our Father. Even Mimi. Very said good. That. Very good. Okay, we're going to continue with our readings. And we're reading... Okay, Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Oh, I, I didn't get to finish the little commentary. Oh, okay. I just wanted to say that David didn't want to take this. Uh, what scripture? Uh, what in, thing? In Second uh, Samuel um, chapter what? 23, 24 to 24 to 25. It's towards the end there. Um, it's actually in 24, 24. So he wanted to pay the price for... For that, for his sacrifice. Read the scripture. Uh, and it says, uh, But the king replied to Arnon, No, I insist on buying it, for I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord, my God, that have cost me nothing. Okay. David knew how to count the costs, right? I mean, for, for sacrifice to his Lord. And he didn't, he, he wasn't going to give the Lord anything that didn't cost him. And, and even in this, in this time we're in, there are there are costs to count in order to seek Jesus and to to do His work. You know, whether it's time or it's just um, cutting yourself off from the ways of the world um, to 
to being different. There are costs to that. There, you know, people will persecute you, ridicule you, look at your faith and say, ha, this walk by faith, not by sight doesn't work. You know, they call you the name it and the claim it. And they just, there's a cost attached to, you know, your prayer. When you put your prayer and you send it to the heavens and you, you just believe that you receive that that prayer is going to get answered. You know, it's just, there's, you know, your body wants to be lazy, you know, and not, not give God the thanksgiving for, for your problem here on the earth. Um, but it's a sacrifice of obedience to the Lord that you're actually offering yourself as a sacrifice to the Lord. When you, when you praise him and thank him, you become the sacrifice. So, um, that, it, you know, there's a cost. Your soul, your soul and your flesh don't want to say thank you for a problem. But your spirit says, praise me in all things. And that's where God ambushes the enemy that's about to attack your family, that's got your body, you know, in bondage to sickness, that has your, uh, you know, your finances, uh, where your finances look at zero, you know. It's your praising of the Lord that brings forth the provision and the sowing of the good words of the word of God that, that, that you know, certain things you got to sacrifice to follow God, you know, and he will take care of all the rest. And, and I just wanted to say that because, uh, you know, when you, when you leave things behind, you know, the material things, sometimes it may look like you're leaving a lot behind. You had a lot invested in houses or whatever, and now you're in a different place, but you're growing in the Lord and, and there's, there's, you know, time and, and, and just obedience. And, um, it's a wonderful thing. Amen. amen and amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. Acts chapter 3, 1 to 26. Peter and John went to the temple one afternoon to take part in three o'clock prayer service. As they approached the temple, a man lame from birth was being carried and each day he was put beside the temple gate, the one called the beautiful gate so he could beg from the people going into the temple. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for some money. Peter and John looked at him intently, and Peter said, Look at us. The lame man looked at them eagerly, expecting some money. But Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I, I'll give you what I have in the name of the, in Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. Then Peter took the lame man by the right hand and helped him. And as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed and strengthened. He jumped up, stood on his feet, and began to walk. Then walking, leaping, and praising God, he went into the temple with them. All the people saw him walking and heard him praising God. When they realized he was the lame beggar they had seen so often at the beautiful gate, they were absolutely astounded. They all rushed out in amazement to Solomon's colonnade where the man was holding tightly to Peter and John. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this? And why stare at us as though we had made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our ancestors who had, has brought glory to his servant Jesus by doing this. This is the same Jesus whom you handed over and rejected before Pilate. Despite Pilate's decision to release him, you rejected this holy righteous one and instead demanded the release 
of a murderer. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead, and we are witnesses of this fact. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. Amen. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. Friends, I realize that what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets had foretold about the Messiah, that he must suffer these things. Now repent of your sins and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will send you, Jesus, your appointed Messiah. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final resurrection of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. Then Moses said, Anyone who will not listen to the prophet, that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what's happening today. You are the children of those prophets, and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God says to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on the earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, Jesus, he sent him first to you, people of Israel, to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Wow, Lord. What power. You know, um, <clears throat> Amen. I love it when they quote the Old Testament mm, where it yeah. says, um, the times of refreshing will come to you. Yes, yes. That's awesome. When you, when you, um, let me see, where did, where's that part? You know, and Jesus says, I I give you, I don't have silver and gold. It says, right. I have silver and gold for mm, you. Amen. And in addition to that, I'll give you the name of Jesus Christ for your eternity. So you're going to be healed whole. Spiritually, your stomach, eating, and uh, your situation, plus salvation on top of that. We have a classic, a first-class God that gives us, you know, doesn't just take care of us. He hits it over the fence. Abundant. He came to give us abundance and abundance of love and abundance of resources. Yeah. Amen. You know, I, I like when Peter told him, he said, you know, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. It was like a command to, mm -hmm. to this, the beggar. And um, it says instantly healed. And, and as he did, the man's feet and ankles were instantly healed, okay? Um, he received that. Um, but it says here, he jumped up, stood on his feet, he began to walk, then walking, leaping, and praising God. He went into the temple that way. People saw the glory and the power of God present before their eyes. And this man took it. You know, he just, something snapped him. He rose up and he just, he, be, he was healed. I believe the man was searching and praying for yes, many years. Yes, yes. And he gave the, the, the benefit of the doubt to God with God's promise. Okay, yeah. God's not here, but I still praise you for it. And I thank you for it. And he believed. The man, he's Amen. Got, you know, yeah. he, was, he, was, he had an open channel of believing. 
anything Amen. is that, possible yes, with yes. God, and you got to stay. Uh, you say, got to stay attitude. You know, positive attitude. And and it must have been because Peter had to address that with the crowd. He said, "Why are you surprised by this, right?" Um, and why stare as, as though we made this man walk by our own power or godliness? For it is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of all our ancestors, who's brought glory to his servant, Jesus, by doing this. You know, so um, that is so incredible. I just, you know, uh, I just, you know, just hearing my dad's voice right now, where, you know, as we talked to him on his birthday. He was sick for three months. He was more, maybe, yeah, for at least from December, <laughs> January, February, March, April, May, June, maybe six months, okay? Yeah, his, his voice was gone, and he was raspy, and something yeah. was happening in there, and uh -huh. I, look, we gotta, we gotta do something, you know, and, and uh, finally, everybody started praying, and I remember mm. you praying one morning, and just something happened. And that day, he says, I he was... He said from one day to the next, he was he, healed. I was healed. You know, none of the 10 days of taking medicine, nothing happened. Happened, right. Listen, going to those doctors, right. but all of a sudden, I was healed. And he said he was praying for us for a car. Yeah. And we got a car from a truck come from Utah mm. from, from a, a very special friend. He says, hey, I can't drive it. I'm not going to have a license here pretty soon. Yeah. And he loaned me the truck. Yeah. And we're here fulfilling God's mission and i just want to add that it's the you know with the prayer and the word of god you know taking the truth uh is what what because that at that moment you know when i when i prayed i don't know if it was bill johnson or joseph prince that was preaching and they had a prayer at the end so i just went with it i always usually do that i lifted my hands up and just i felt the anointing present and i i just felt like i'm going to ask for this because it was so strong and and i know the words you know i said send forth this word and heal my father just like you did for the for the roman centurion you know whatever it was i remember the word of god and and just declaring it in that moment that i felt that the anointing of god was present to, to go do something and the next day he said it was immediate so amen it's just such a good feeling to know that the power of God goes forth with his word and it heals you, you know, and I'm excited. Amen. <clears throat> I like to say right here is this is right here. Uh, the times are refreshing. It's beautiful when Jesus mm -hmm. said, friends, I realize what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. Mm -hmm. But God was fulfilling what all the prophets have foretold Amen. about the Messiah, yes. that he must suffer these things, the Messiah. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. <clears throat> the time, then times of fresh <clears throat> refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. And he will again send you Jesus, your appointed, I like the word appointed Messiah. Yeah. You know, that's what we have to, we, Lord, we pray what we have been appointed to do today. What can we do to you, for you today, Lord? Amen. What appointment can we do? Mm. He can cause us to go to AA and say a word and help mm. somebody appoint it. He can cause us to call, uh, uh, you know, an individual and say, hey, you want to go to the market and give them a ride? We're open for the appointment of God that we may be the Messiah in us will heal somebody, help somebody. For he must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things, as God promised long ago through his holy prophets. 
Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me among your own people. Listen carefully to everything he tells you. There again, I haven't seen that before. Listen yeah, carefully I haven't to seen that everything scripture. he tells you. He's talking about Jesus. Mm -hmm. How plain can that be? You know, they should. <clears throat> then Moses said, Anyone <clears throat> who will not listen to that prophet will be completely cut off from God's people. <clears throat> Starting with Samuel, every prophet spoke about what is happening today. Amen, that's right. Look at that. <clears throat> you are the children of those prophets, and you are included in the covenant God promised to your ancestors. For God said to Abraham, through your descendants, all the families on earth will be blessed. Amen. When God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to you, people of Israel, to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. <laughs> Through you, descendants, all the families, every Gentile will be blessed. When God raised up his servant Jesus, he sent him first to you, people of Israel, to bless you by turning each of you back from your sinful ways. <clears throat> and, and, and the cease of doing, you know, he didn't talk anything about making a, a burnt offerings or anything in the Old Testament way, you know, that they were going to repent. God was going to give them a time of refreshment, which was Jesus Christ, and a permanent refreshment that's abiding and lasting 2,000 years later with us today. Amen. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting, <clears throat> just going back up a little bit, it says, now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord, and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. So, you know, right there, um, he didn't say, now repent for your sins, and when you sin again, you're going to, you know, bad stuff is going to happen to you. He said you're going to be refreshed. When you turn your mind to God, he's going to wipe your sins away, and there'll be refreshment to come because his presence will be over you. And that's, that's a good word right there. <clears throat> Amen. Right here it says... Uh you may ask God for what you want, but don't be surprised when he gives you what you really need. We often ask God to solve a small problem, but he wants to give us a whole new life and help for, and help for all our problems. When he does, praise God for his care and protection. And thank the people who were part of God's answer to your prayers. It could be a, a bitter situation that you have to, God wants to move you to a different place. And at first it's bitter. So we have to start thanking God ahead of time, praising God for his care and protection ahead of time. Seeing God's care for you might be the way other people learn about God's mighty power. Seeing God's care, the miracle is doing for us like this truck that we're driving. And love, his love and his mercy. Be ready to receive the good things he gives you. How do, the only way we are able to receive if we have open praise to God for his care and protection. And we, we're sure to thank him and praise him when he does. So when I thank God that he's taking care of me, it's like the a fish and loaves. You know, I have a little idea how he takes care of me. And he, he has a bigger idea how he takes a 5,000 times bigger idea of how he takes care yeah. of me. By praising him, Lord, we just praise you and we thank you. And we give you the glory and the honor. And the thanks. Would you please read the psalm for me? Yes, I will. Um, psalm 123, 1-4. I lift my eyes to you, O God, enthroned in heaven. We keep looking to the Lord our God for his mercy. Just as servants 
keep their eyes on their master as a slave girl watches her mistress for the slightest signal. Have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy, for we have had our full fill of contempt. We have had more than our fill of the scoffing of the proud and the contempt of the arrogant. Okay, Proverbs 16, 21 to 23. The wise are known for their understanding and pleasant words are persuasive. Amen, that's a good word right there. Direction is a life-giving fountain to those who possess it. But discipline is wasted on fools. From a wise mind comes wise speech. The words of the wise are persuasive. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Heavenly Father. What do you got to say about that? Wow. The words of the wise are persuasive. From a wise, you know, it's just wisdom when you speak the words of edification for or you know even when you edify somebody or correcting somebody if you do it with the wisdom of God then what happens is the words will come and you know cause somebody to think about that and maybe change their mind um, versus you know condemning it's either condemning or edification the one that gets you more you know, um, success is edifying the person. You know, you will prosper. Your health, you will be healed. You know, it, it's words of the word. You know, as you, you know, it's God's perspective that can come down on that person as you edify, and you, you know, to actually cause the person to turn from their their sinful ways that they don't they don't know any other way. Amen, amen. It's like in AA, you experience that a lot when you're working with people. You know, a couple of words in that meeting of your testimony causes somebody to say, hey, maybe that's for me. I'm tired of this, this beat-up life. Amen, amen to that. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for today's reading. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.